Hey everyone, we're out enjoying the summer and hope you're doing the same. We'll be back on August 30th this year. Until then, we're rewinding to some of our favorite and most popular episodes. We'll still be releasing Zodiac episodes around the 20th of each month. Until then, we'll see you all in the fall. The podcast you are about to listen to is explicit and may not be suitable for children. Some content may be triggering and graphic. These stories are real. And as we all know, real can sometimes be hard to look at. However, it is necessary for healing and growth. Welcome to Stumbling Through Enlightenment. I'm Jason. And I am Lori. And I'm Edward. Every day we are working through our shit. And today we invite you to work through some of yours with us. Let me give you a quick rundown on what we're going to do in today's episode. The first part of the episode is where Ed, Lori, and I talk about what's going on in our day-to-day lives and where you'll be able to hear how we support each other's growth. During the second portion, Lori, Ed, and I will have a deep dive discussion topic ranging from self-awareness, metaphysics, mental health, personal discovery, and much more. During the third portion of the show, we're going to do a segment called Off the Rails. This is the funnier side of the podcast, where we talk about Lori's trippy dreams, top 10 lists, and all the weird and wild things we come up with along the way. So how is everybody doing this week? I have had some crazy nightmares. Um... Not good ones at all. Yeah. <laughs> Are it, there it, such a thing as good nightmares? Right. <laughs> but it, it changed because the players changed in the story. Oh. Right? So there is going to be a profound amount of swearing potentially in this one. Just trigger warning or whatever the fuck it is that they say. Right. Yeah. So, um... So we're I, this dream has been a consistent dream where myself and Jessica are together. Um, you know, we're like sleeping in the same bed and all of a sudden she tells me that she needs to leave and it's various reasons she needs to either leave because she's got a boyfriend somewhere or she needs to leave because she's going to go explore some sort of interest or you know just various things like that she needs to leave right right yeah so then we spend the entire night fighting about her leaving her children and you know i get really nasty in the dream like i every time she comes in the room i'm like oh look it's the shitty mother leaving her kids and like i mean i get really nasty in the dream and you know i tell her to fuck off and you know every time the kids come in the room i'm like can you believe that your mother is just gonna leave here she's just gonna abandon you not you just believe nasty she's such but like a cunt passive like, aggressively nasty such, oh absolutely well the yeah. anger overriding you know just like and it goes between that and like these so it's it's like a flash it goes between that type of interaction and then like me laying in bed with her or like cuddling with her Uh and she's just like totally emotionless but still cuddling yeah you know and i'm asking her like you know like sincerely and sometimes i'm crying and i'm like you know why why are you doing this like what what's so bad about what you have here and like 
you know, whatever these things are, like this pleading kind of a thing. Yeah. Right. And then that turns to anger again, you know, and then it'll shift to another scene where, you know, like, um, uh, one of them is like, it'll shift to a scene where she's already gone and then she comes back. Yeah. And me and the kids are out gardening in this enormous garden when she comes back. Yeah. And as she walks down the driveway, which is my neighbor's driveway from when I lived where I was like 10 years old. Uh-huh. So walks down the driveway, right? Yeah. And the kids start attacking her with pitchforks. And I'm jumping oh, wow. up and down saying, kill that motherfucker. She deserves it. Oh, my God. Wow. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And she's like running from him. And then it shoots to like us in bed again. And her being, you know, like totally dead emotionally and me trying to like reconnect with her right you know and understand really a lot of it's about understanding like there is this this very vulnerable like um trying to convince her to stay part but at the same time there's this part of me trying to understand why this wasn't enough right right Right? or why you weren't enough absolutely Yeah. yeah 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 So, in this dream, it continues to progress, and, you know, it'll, we'll have, like, five or six scenes basically shift back and forth throughout the night or whatever that, and that's, that's been one of the recurring nightmares that I have, because when I wake up from that dream, I'm ready to call my wife a cunt. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I'm just, I have, um... Because of the the PTSD, one of the side effects of PTSD for me is something called uh, derealization and depersonalization. And it's a type of disassociation. But because of that, sometimes it's hard to differentiate um, psychologically between dreams and reality. Right. Yeah. So my dreams are always very vivid, very real. They're just like as if we were sitting right here talking. Yeah. And then I wake up, and we're, you know, still here, but I'm not in this room anymore. I'm now in my bedroom because I just woke up. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very, my dreams are very concrete like that. And because of that, it makes it very hard sometimes to know what was and what wasn't real. Yeah. So she'll be like, you know, cooking dinner, and she'll be cooking whatever it was she was cooking in the dream. Oh, God. And I'll instantly be like, what? and my brain, my emotions will act as if it is real before my brain can catch up with the fact that it was a dream. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah, you were talking about that a few weeks ago. So, I'll get these surges of energy where it's like, uh, you know, I've... You're right back there. Yeah, yeah. Or sadness. Yeah. Because sometimes I'll get that other side of it. Yeah. So... It was interesting because this week that changed. So this week, it was the same dream. Yeah. But I was a kid. Okay. And my mother was leaving. Okay. But I was, there was no father. But I knew that she was leaving me with my father. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So it was like this life or death, she needed to take me or I would die kind of a thing. Yeah. The dream progressed basically the same way as me, like, you know, hugging her and she was hugging me and telling me, you know, that she, she 
just basically didn't care and she was taken off. <laughs> like it was totally emotional. Yes. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And I was begging her to stay in the dream and then it would go to a scene where, you know, she would be like leaving and I would be really mad and like just yelling, cunt, cunt. And I woke up one morning and I woke up and said, cunt. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And it woke her up. She right. didn't know what I said, but I knew what I said. Yeah. And it was that night when I woke, I woke up from that dream screaming at my mother. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, I would say that's a breakthrough. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. Absolutely. It, it takes... helps me see why. Because there's yeah. no reason any of that should ever be associated with Jessica. Right. Right. None of it. Right. I mean, she's never done anything, you know, to even make me question. Right. She's amazing. You know what I mean? Yeah. She is. And to be able to now see the same feelings but more associated with something that may have even happened yeah right i mean i i have no idea my mother may have left my father for a few months or whatever yeah. and left me there i mean there's a lot of things that i don't remember right right um thank god yeah but it's it it totally shifted the dream for sure right yeah that's a huge breakthrough yeah yeah so I've been, that's what I've been working with. Yeah. <laughs> that really takes the mask off of it the dream does. that you have been It That's what it feels like. Yeah. yeah it feels like it kind of, it, it, it shows the true yeah. dream. Right. Instead of the mixing current day with past day. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Because that neighbor would have been who I would have been sent to if she was gone. Yeah, right. So there, I, I wonder if there's things I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, probably is. Yeah. And then on top of that, the feeling that your mother, you must feel as though your mother abandoned you over and over again anyway. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. You know, Yeah. and wasn't there to protect you and didn't honor you as, yeah. as anything A of value. Creature. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, when you were saying that, I almost felt like this big... Like a yeah yeah like an energetic layer just exploding. That's how it felt. Yeah, yeah. that's how it felt. Yeah, I have a um, I have a, I've got a couple of questions and they're not related to each other, but uh, they are related to the dream. Yeah. yeah. So one, I because of your trauma and what we do to ourselves con continually, are you ever afraid that if Jessica left you? you would do to yourself what your father did to you? Like, on an emotional level? Do you know what I mean? No. Self-punishment. Like, well, yeah, like the self-punishment. Like, I was wondering, like, so you're, you, I mean, your mother continually abandoned you, you know, on an yeah. emotional level. I'm wondering if, like, the correlation between her leaving you with your father, who was, you know, abusive. Right. You know, in all kinds of ways. Right. You know, if, if you equate somewhere along the line jessica leaving you with leaving you with yourself and becoming more like your father you know i don't think towards yourself yeah okay i was yeah, wondering no. so there's no. no connection there the second question i have is have you ever had a nightmare or a dream where you've left where the roles were reversed no. okay i was no. wondering so no. it really is all about the abandonment of you yeah not you ever abandoning and walking out yeah no no that's interesting i've never had a dream about me leaving right yeah. But if you think about it, like, you know, you've had instances 
where your father did have you in a trunk for four days, yeah. where the fuck was your mother? You know what I mean? And she so, was partying at the beach. Right. Abandoning you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. No, I mean, I, yeah. there's, I, I don't hide the fact that there's a lot of abandonment issues there at all. Yeah. But. Yeah. This was this uh, was very awakening. And it was relieving to finally get my poor wife out of the picture. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like because she doesn't belong there. Right. Right. You know? And it's it's that's what it is, is it's it's her just being the person in my life that's closest to that. Yeah. And my brain not being able to poke around and figure out yeah. who we're actually talking about. Right. Yeah. Because I do a lot of conscious forgetting yeah. about right. a lot of my life, yeah. you know, um, specifically stuff around my mother, you know, because that was the hardest stuff. Yeah. I mean, my father was my father, but my mother was the one that I wanted to be a good person. Right. You know. And that would give you tidbits of something sometimes to keep yeah. you... Well, hooked. it would feel when when she wanted to be a good mom she would be a good mom because that's how she would want to be perceived. Right. So in those moments, it would feel wonderful. Right. Right. You know, but at the same time, you know, if I didn't talk about certain things, my father might get me a slushy. Right. So that would be wonderful. Yeah. So that would be like the trickle down. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. There was always this trickle down. Yeah. But I was getting a slushy. Because I let somebody break my finger and I didn't tell anybody that he did it. I made up a good story about me doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 always related to something very sick. Yeah. 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 So it's no wonder that you have these nightmares about... Yeah. That are incredibly painful for you on every level. And it's no wonder there's violence brought into them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're always very violent. Yeah. They're always very violent. It's absolutely I'm, not. I'm happy, though, because I've gotten this new layer. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I like that it's finally progressed into something else. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. Now mean, there's I, a place it, to work with it. You so, know. right. It's I, so much more informative. Yeah. I guess, in a way, going back to my first question, is there anything such thing as a good nightmare? In this case, I guess this would be the closest thing to a good nightmare. It, it's a good evolution of yeah. nightmare. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. I mean, it's not awesome that you're still having yeah. nightmares, but it's awesome that... Well, I again, like I had talked about a few weeks ago, um, this is very rare because I haven't been having them recently. Right. Yeah. So yeah, cool. Yeah, awareness. Yeah, More awareness. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That's Thank it's all you about. for sharing. Oh, no, it's, all yeah. it's time to strap in for this week's deep dive. So I. I have experienced this for a long time. Sometimes I, t I tell people I have insomnia, and sometimes I do have absolute insomnia, and sometimes it's just not going to bed. And that sounds like it would be almost the same thing, but it really isn't because of the function that goes on in my head. And so I was explaining this, this to somebody. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so I was explaining this the other day to somebody that a lot of times what happens for me is I will be in bed or I'll be ready to go to bed or whatnot, and I will find the freedom in just doing something else, you know, because this is my me time. 
you know, yeah. and, and, and sometimes I call it decompression or whatnot. And I was looking at my phone the other day and this buzzword came up and it, it went viral. Uh, it was a some Reddit post or whatnot. And it's called uh, Revenge Sleep procrastination and so i read a little bit more into it and i'm like holy shit i mean like this is like that and that's exactly what this is is revenge sleep procrastination so it boils down to lack of control during the day and lack of control of your life and so what you're trying to do instead of going to sleep you're trying to take that time and reclaim your power over your space over your personal being so people who get up and go do the same job every day or get up and their life is the same every day or they always feel like they have continual obligations that they have to do constantly will oftentimes have but it creates a cycle there's a problem with this um the cycle basically goes like this they did a study that shows that people who got better sleep procrastinated less during the day people who procrastinated less during the day ended up with less revenge procrastination you know sleep okay. procrastination this is making sense to me yeah it, it it was very fascinating yeah so the cycle goes the other way as well you know if you if you're you don't sleep as much because we all know that sleep is important and like so sometimes a lot of times i'll get like four hours of sleep three hours of sleep and it's not because i'm not necessarily tired i'll divide my attention somewhere um until i'm exhausted or sometimes i just finally get to the point where i'm like listen ed you need to go to bed so that's basically what it is and then i procrastinate during the day because i'm not taking time to check in with myself i'm not doing anything and i don't feel like i have any control because i'm being told what to do by for work and this is really where it comes into play a lot of times for me is like on work days you know that's when i get it the most and so then i get less sleep and then it just continues the process. I know, Jason, that you have a hard time sleeping. I wonder, it, does any of that ring true for you at all? Or is it is it really just yeah, insomnia? Yeah, not really. Okay, not I really. wasn't sure. I have, I have more anticipatory anxiety around sleep is what my issue is. Gotcha. So okay. when I go to sleep, I have nightmares for eight hours. Right, okay. So I know that's going to happen. I go into it and every night my brain doesn't want to go into it until it does it's interesting that that's what it is because the four reasons that they generally state and it our reasons for it are lack of control yeah um but they're broken down to fear of dawn is what they call it but it's basically fear of the next day being just what you're doing today yeah. overstimulation and uh the the dopamine drive you know like we constantly are hit with anything that we want now that we have the cell phone some people need or want to continue that for as long as possible and if you go to sleep then you're you're not getting that you know what right I mean? and then there's there's thoughts you know and and that's something that a lot of people do like usually when you're not when you're sleeping when you're hit with this it's not about doing extra projects for yourself all of that can be that too yeah. but a lot of times it's avoidance a lot of it's avoidance techniques like yeah. you know um, watching netflix or playing on the phone or whatever it's a form of self-harm it's called revenge insomnia um and that was like coined by freud and that's why it's called revenge sleep procrastination and the idea behind anything that's considered revenge is we don't feel happy or proud or fulfilled and because we don't feel that way we punish ourselves in any way that we can so the revenge insomnia is part of that piece that makes sense yeah it's an interesting piece <laughs> well you seem to you seem to experience it the yeah. most so what i mean what is it 
what has it done for you? Um, the understanding piece, uh, or the or just the awareness. Yeah. Well, the awareness just. Ha- I mean, it happened just this last week. So like, um, it, it's it's been very interesting. Um, I'm still piecing a lot of it together for myself. Like where all of that comes in. Like, I know that I don't like waking up at like five thirty in the morning. You know. So like, that's the dawn piece, the fear of dawn. I also don't like waking up at that time dragging my ass out of bed, going to work, giving meds, doing all that stuff. And there's there's a lot of that that goes along throughout the day. And the less sleep I've got, I've been able to notice that I procrastinate during the day. Yeah. I will do something completely else. You know, like, I mean, I've got this project and that project and that project, but I, I, I won't do it. Yeah. Because I'm I'm taking me time. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing the fun parts of the job, which I like, you know, which are fulfilling for me. That's so interesting. Um, the overstimulation part, and the thoughts don't generally like I mean they're there it's definitely that that could be part of it but I think it's really most of like the well, I, when you read that I assumed that it was like one or the other I didn't realize that it could it, be like a combination it can of be a combination or... yeah so okay. that's that's the thing like it can become this huge deal because of the combination of issues. Oh yeah. So I started watching some videos, started doing some some research on on all of this stuff, which is going to lead to another podcast later on to some of it, but too, but one of the things that we talked about is to get through it and I haven't tried it yet is process called MCII and it's mental contrasting implementation and initiative um, so the mental contrasting is something that they say really helps, you know, at least bring it into some focus. What does mental contrasting look like? So mental contrasting has basically three steps. And it's it's the first step is your wish. So my wish is to get better night's sleep, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you come up with the best possible outcome for that, you know, or sleeping more, I guess would be my wish, you know, and the best possible outcome for that. What, 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 what will that give me? And that will give me, you know, um, a better, I'll feel healthier. I'll feel more awake. I'll be more alert. I'll be able to do more cognitively, um, you know, all of those things. And then the challenges that go along with that, uh, my challenge is I spend too much time on video games or I spend too much time on, you know, what are the things that are actually stopping me from doing that? Like if all of my electronics went dead, would I go to sleep? Probably. So for me, it's electronics. That's like the, the physical, you know, the physical thing. And then you have to revisit it as if the problem persists. Hmm. And then you create if-then statements. And that's the I-I piece, the implementation and initialization. It's rough because you want to be gentle with yourself. So you want to kind of like give yourself a little bit of leeway, but you also want to be specific because procrastination thrives on vagueness. So if I say, well, if it's 10 o'clock, then I will put my phone down. And then I have to like work on sticking through it. And it's not going to be easy, obviously. But I did notice when I was, huh? Commitment. Yeah, it is a commitment. commitment. Yeah. And, and it's structure that I'm creating for myself. So like, I know that, well, that's funny that that totally relates to this because you had to like, just define that. Right. My structure. Right. Right. There you go. Right. Uh, Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but yes. So like, so funny. And so there is definitely a reclaiming of power in there that goes yeah. along with that. Yeah, it sounds like it. For a while, I, I used to uh, have an alarm that went off. And that alarm was at night. And right. that was my alarm to put down any electronics and, 
you know, do whatever my night routine was going to be at that time. Can I guess? Yeah. That you surrendered control to the alarm and the alarm became what was telling you what to do. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's yep. predictable. Yep. Well, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you know me, and then even if you don't know me, um, and by this time, you know, we're, you know, you've heard enough. 41 episodes in. Right. Right. So in order to break the cycle, basically one of two things has to happen. You either have to stop the procrastination or you have to get better sleep. And you get to choose how that works. And, yeah. you know, without that, you're going to have an issue. But right now, one of the other things that for like a time management position, because like a lot of people say like time management, we're going to get into, I, I want to do procrastination as a whole. Yeah. I, I do have issues with that. So, but people will say time management, if you do time management, then you're good. You know, the, the, that's how you get through procrastination. And it's not because it works on a completely different premise. You know, um, procrastination is usually more of an emotional piece. Uh, from what they're finding out now. But the other piece to that is we don't prioritize sleep. So if if something is going to get cut, a lot of times for a lot of people, it's the sleep, you yeah. know. Oh, I have this project. Well, that's okay. I'll just I'll just go to bed 4 hours later. You know, I I can I can exist on 4 hours of sleep. I can do this so on and so forth. And that has been my thing. That's like a big thing for me. Like, oh, I can do this on four hours of sleep. I can do this on three hours of sleep. And then I'm like, shit, there's two hours of sleep left and I need to sleep because otherwise, ah, oh, fuck, now there's one because I've started worrying about it. And then it creates the anxiety spiral, you know, right. that goes along with that. This reminds me of someone I know. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, as you're saying, the procrastination to go into bed and, you know, not getting very much sleep. And then, you know, you're not spot on the next day. Right. It, so you feel like shit. Right. Then you self-punish again that night. Right. Doing the same damn thing rather than making yourself a priority and going to bed. I know well, and someone that's, like that. That's the revenge making cycle. going to bed the priority yeah. for yourself. For right. yourself. Because they are making themselves the priority. Right. Yeah, just not in a positive way. You know, if you're... Not in a positive way for your overall sleep habits. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Or right. your overall health. Right. Your yeah. overall health. Or... You know, if you want to feel good the next day, you know, yeah. so I, I prioritize rest because I don't sleep. Yeah. But I do prioritize rest. Well, I think. So I go down and lay down and, and try to rest and, and be comfortable. And because I find in, in my life with my inability to, to sleep or sleep well, that resting my body yeah. at least is almost probably as important as sleep. Well, and when I do go to sleep and I do suffer from true insomnia where I'm just not sleeping, um, I will, I'll lie there now. This has become a, a, a thing for me, and we've talked about this a little bit before that, but I'm, I'll lie there and just consciously relax my body. Yeah, try to relax. Consciously be in a space where I'm not on edge or I'm not tense. Yeah. And I have found that to be just about as beneficial, not quite, but just about as beneficial as a full night's sleep. I find it very helpful, you know. too. Yeah. <clears throat> I you find know. if you can't sleep, you should at least rest. Right. It does help. Absolutely. It right. does help. So when you're when you're watching, you know, YouTube or you're watching Netflix or you're watching, yeah, the, you're not, not really rest. resting because right. in your in your brain, and especially as trauma survivors, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to physically react at least on 
some level, even mm-hmm. if you don't necessarily notice it. Yeah. You know, they're m- micro reactions, micro contractions of your muscular system, and so on and so forth. So you're never really relaxed. Yeah. You know, and that's that's my thing. I'm lately. It's well, been... yeah. I mean, looking at any screen, it's the the light exposure in and of itself is doing things to you chemically in your brain. Yeah. So yeah, if a screen is involved, or if any kind of you know high intensity light, the sun, you know, if you have the lights in your house like you've got that are the the full spectrum, right? You know, that's all going to interfere, right? And makes it just that much easier to continue that procrastination. Yeah, because you're wanting it, right? Right. And the part that makes it revenge again is that that piece is. It's usually a, a, a feeling of either lack of control or lack of pride in what you're doing and so on and so forth. And so you in, a feel of inferiority someplace right. in your life and an indulgence somewhere else yeah. to compensate. And that's what that is. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense with like what you're saying and how you go about doing it and the person that I know who it just... yeah. yeah. It was pretty eye-opening, and, and and it's like I said, it's become a buzzword. It's it's gone viral now, um, or is in the process of going viral. Um, I know that's it's so like good. I have something that goes viral. Right, right, yeah, no. Um, what is but, viral? I have to do uh, it. Just more people know about it. Yeah, yeah, and I was I, I was just. I, yeah. I'm sorry. It's just, no, no, it's absolutely I mean, fine. What is the actual importance of the viral thing? But well, I get be- you because more people know about it. Right, yeah. exactly, and yeah. and that's what for me was a big deal because like I I just always that's how you discovered it, right? Right, because of that. Social yeah, media. and it, yeah. and it's exciting to actually be able to see it and it, and and be able to like identify this as like because again, not a problem that just I have, but everybody has, you know, or yeah. not everybody, Makes but a lot of people. Makes you feel better have. that everybody has yeah. it. Well, no, I bet, no. I bet <laughs> a whole lot of people have this issue. Well, my coworker. I mean, there are so many people that yeah. live a dead life. Yeah. That this is right up the alley. I mean, this it, this makes sense to me why a lot of people have a hard time sleeping because of this. Yeah. My coworker and I were actually talking about it, and it was funny because he brought it up, and he's like, he was thinking about like getting a an app, uh, like a parental app on his phone that shut off all of like the the YouTube because YouTube is his thing, you know, at a specific time, and have his fiance set it so that he could not like reprogram it or whatever. And I I laughed at it, God. but I mean, it, but it's real. And so like he brought it up, and I was like, funny, you should mention this. This is what's going on right now for me, and this is what I've just realized. So my hope is, these you know, screens are so addictive. Well, they, well, they are. That's that dopamine on some level. But it's just so you funny. have to be able to call yourself out on your bullshit and. Part of that says that what you do now is not working right. Yeah. And you're never going to get changed until you're willing to make that change. Right. You know, the, you can do, in my opinion, this is in my opinion, you know, you can do everything from meditation to, you know, digging holes in the yard. And it, what really matters is that moment where you realize that you would rather have whatever it is more than what you have now. Yeah, yeah. I agree with and that. And until completely. that value system changes, it's going to keep being the same old bullshit yeah. over and over and over again. Right. 
I no was matter trying. how many people, you know, I mean, yeah. have his wife put a block on this, he'll find a way to watch oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He'll have a tablet or he'll, have a, he'll right. just watch it on TV. Or, yeah. I mean, it's not going to ever change your behavior until you know that that behavior is worth more than the previous behavior. Right. I find it just interesting that all of these people are stuck with not being able to get away from a screen. Well, and the thing of it is, is like... This, I, and it's like, it's not just this. Right, I mean, no, no, in general. Like, yeah, it, it's... And that's that stimulation piece. Like, so between the colors and the lights and so on real. and so forth. Well, back, if you think <laughs> about it, and this is this is what Jason was saying, you know, we need to take responsibility for ourselves. And, and we're being asked to take responsibility for ourselves at a much higher level or with much more resistance available to us. That's what it is, is much more resistance. Right, because, you know, back in the day, you know, 40 years ago, you know, or, you know, we had TV, so people would stay up and watch TV. But 60 years before that, you know, yes, you'd have people that would stay up and party, but... but they played the spoons. They would play, they played the spoons, you know. Drank. <laughs> but there was more of a... Uh, or there was less of a of a major distraction like like that was compelling on so many different levels. It was also a lot more work. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, physical work. I think you're hinting at it, but the reality is is that there wasn't a money-driven system exactly. that took advantage of an autonomic nervous system response to light or or sound. And and because I mean, that's what these things are doing. These things are not you know, oh, it, YouTube's interesting. It's when the light hits your brain or when the ding from the phone hits your brain, that validation from the ding yep. or the stimulation from the light is what you're getting out of the experience that's addictive. Yeah. It's not the YouTube video you're watching. It's not the content, whether it's a game or, or a TV show. Yeah, it's, it's the, the intensity validation. Of the, well, and it's the intensity of the products that are being designed, their ability to project light. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at that TV that you grew up with, the amount of lumens that come out of that... Right is going to be hardly nothing in comparison to the TV that you buy today. Or in comparison to the cell phone that you have in your pocket. Well, and that's the thing, which, again, you have a much more intimate relationship with because it's it's literally typically the length of your arm away. Right. Right? Like, if you think of your bubble, you know, my arms, anything around here you can't get into, right? Well, mm-hmm. you're inviting this particular light source into, into that bubble. bubble. Yeah. And it makes sense, you know, where you have not had that type of exposure by choice, it it makes sense that you would have less of an understanding of it. Mm. I mean, at this point, this is the way life is. You know what I mean? Yeah. My elementary school child has a MacBook. I mean, the, the reality is, is that his education requires him to be in these stimulated processes yeah i think it's awful which i mean just get reinforced with the tv and then the the phones and the tablets but the reality is Lori, that that's where we live whether it's awful or not that's where we live i know it's just awful that it has this effect you know we need to evolve and not just sit back and whine about what it is 
And I think that's where we are right now. I think there's been a lot of bitching about this for the last 10 years. And we're not and taking accountability for ourselves. And I think we're now getting into this place where we're realizing we got to do something about this right. and not just bitch about it. Absolutely. I like that that's where my youngest is at. You know what I mean? They're teaching them now. They're giving them these tools, but they're also teaching them about what we're talking about. My kids know that they get light out of a out of a screen mm-hmm. that makes their mind more active. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's rudimentary, but they're learning this stuff. Yeah, they're not just teaching you healthy, you know, habits for life. They're teaching you specifically healthy habits for your interaction with electronics. Mm-hmm. All from you know being safe and not sending dick pics to like you know, being safe and not staring at your screen for multiple hours at a time. My oldest can tell me how many hours he looks at a screen because he monitors it on his watch, which is also new technology. Like, you know, it's, it's, there's, there's so many movements now, I think, that are even making our technology smarter. Yep. For instance, the I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. That blue filtering glasses mm-hmm. are becoming a norm. Like, Thank goodness. You know, if you yeah. go to your ophthalmologist, they offer you that as something you can put into your regular glasses. Yep. You know, and in a lot of the schools now, they're having kids wear those types of glasses when they're doing their work because of the exposure to the light. You know, and then they come home and they're like, wow, that works at school. So let's try it at home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's this it's it's a whole new level of awareness that I think we are finally starting to actually address rather than just bitch about. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the screens aren't getting any worse. Nope. Mm-hmm. And the just... dings aren't going to go away. Nope. <laughs> like those things are here, period. We need to learn to live with them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we're doing now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Buckle up for this segment of Off the Rails. Parachute pants just came out again. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me? If you go to Walmart right now, they're selling parachute pants. Everything cycles. (laughs) It's the same material. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Well, I have to be the same material. There's, there's nothing that they could be made out of that's different. That's hysterical. Everything cycles back around. It's weird. Yeah. Like stuff that I still think was awful. Yeah. (laughs) I still think it's awful now. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, I remember I loved bell bottoms as a little kid. Those elephant ears, right? Those great big ones as a little kid. And then by the time, by the time they were kind of, they were still popular, but fading out. There was that cycle where the straighter legs were coming in. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I like these better right. than these. Mm-hmm. And people were still wearing both. And then the big legs went out and everybody was kind of in the straight legs. And then in the 2000s, was it the 2000s? When they came out again. Those things came back out again and I couldn't find a damn pair of straight leg jeans anywhere. Aww. Right. And I hated them. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm like, I'm not wearing this shit. So my mother-in-law at the time, she was really good, I'd say. Will you and Bert help me sew? Because I'd never learned how to do the sewing machine thing. I oh, yeah. I never learned. And Mary 
Mary had the sewing machine and her cousin Bert had pretty good ability. So you put the three of us together and we fumbled through a few things. But we would cut up those legs and cut them off. Bert would help me sew them into like normal pants. But you'd see this little pouch, this little tiny bit of pucker, you know, from mm-hmm. where I'm trying to pull them in. Right, yeah. But, oh my God, I hated them. I'm like, I am, I'm in my 30s. I do not want to wear bell bottoms. <laughs> For me, it's corduroys. I wore corduroys. Yeah, corduroys. And corduroys were not necessarily, no, actually, they definitely were not popular when I was a kid because um, I got teased mercilessly for them, but they were durable. And we weren't allowed to wear jeans in school. So Very durable. Thing. And I was actually just at a, a shop and there were corduroys. I was looking through the pants and I'm like, eh, I still cannot bring myself to, I can't even bring myself to try them on. I, wow. yeah, I mean, I don't even, I don't know if it's a, if it's Those a, were an 80s thing for sure. Oh, de- definitely. And, but I don't know if it, some of it's textural. You know, I don't like the. Some I of them will collect everything there is yeah, to collect to them too. But I don't like the feeling of the text that texture necessarily. But part of it, I think, is just there's still some trauma around there because I was so mercilessly teased when I was a kid that I will never. I can't say never wear a corduroy, but I will never wear corduroys again. You know, I mean that's, and I don't even want to. Like I look at them and I'm like those are an awful awesome color, and I wish there was a different material because it's not going on my body. You know. Yeah. I I remember the corduroys. I used to wear them, and I never thought about whether. I hate them or not, but I've noticed that I deliberately don't buy them. Right. I wear corduroys. I know. Well, that's what made me think of is Jason wears corduroys, yeah. you know, on a regular basis. Yeah. Or at least he used to, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah I don't I buy them. I like them. Yeah. 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 They're warm. Oh, yeah. I bet they are warm. See, I haven't worn oh, them since see, the 80s. That might be part of the issue, too, because, like, I, we weren't allowed to wear shorts in school, either, because I went to a private school, and I wonder if that... Because I sweat against... Uh, well, here's the thing. Like, okay. So, I only will wear wide ridge. Yeah. Corduroys. The thicker one ones, yeah. yeah. Were yours that you were wearing, were they thin ridged? They were or? thin ridged, yeah. yeah. So that is a totally different feeling on your body mm-hmm. than the wide ridged. Wide ridged feel much more like jeans. The thin ridged feels much more like... Uh, Slacks or something? Right, well, almost. But there's an elasticity mm-hmm. to those. So they're made small, so it's almost like a skinny jean. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. So it rides right up against your skin. And then you've got that moisture moving in with the sweat. That would feel hard. Well, that's what I'm saying. It was just like... That's I, what I, I wonder. Like, yeah. if it's just... Because corduroys, the wild Wide ridge corduroys mm-hmm. I find to be very comfortable. I might have to look into that. I, I don't know why I even feel the need to, you know, but I mean, there's... Well, I would I would be all over that shit. I'd be in goodwill tomorrow, but I'm on. Right. If I felt that way about anything. Like, well, that's I the would, thing. Then that's my approach is like, mm-hmm. I right. would be like, what? I why guess, can't I do that? I need to know why I can't do it. I'm going to go do it. I yeah. guess, <laughs> I, really, I guess that is my thing. That's why I feel the need to like, to work on this because there's, yeah. there's something in there that really gets why me. A limitation if you don't understand why. Right? There. Is it because I just don't like them, and and I've never liked them, and I'll never will. Well, and you said fine. you were teased mercilessly, I so was it's a trauma response. You know. Well, and that's what I'm afraid of. That's what I'm really thinking about. You know, is that it? Really what makes was. you afraid of it, though? Okay, let me rephrase that. That's what I'm thinking. I'm oh, not really afraid yeah. of it, but that's what I'm thinking is that it's a trauma response. That's the only reason why I'm giving it any thought. Yeah. Is because it's a. It, I, I think that it might be a trauma response, and I want to explore mm. that as opposed to. I just don't like. I don't like corduroys. Right. Yeah, like me. I just don't like bell bottoms. Right. 
Well, for me, it would be anything that... If I were to say not like bananas... Yeah? I I just thought of another totally different context that I won't use on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) that I could use for this, but say I don't like bananas, right? Right. Every once in a while, I make myself try a banana. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I want to know that I still don't like bananas. Yeah. Right? (laughs) I do that. I'm sorry. I also have things like um, green peppers, Mm -hmm. right? Where I can, I am as happy as I can be with going the rest of my life without ever being near a green pepper again. Right. Okay, or bell pepper in general. Yeah. Yeah. So one of those is a trauma response, and one of those is a choice. I make a choice not to explore the green bell peppers you right. know, or the bell peppers because I understand what got me to that choice. Mm-hmm. It's not just a reaction. Do you get what I mean? Right, yeah. So your pants situation feels more like my green bell peppers yeah. than it does the it banana. does yeah. the bananas. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Yeah. Exploration. Yeah, definitely. It'd be interesting. And definitely to know why. Right. You know what I mean? To have done it. Because that's what right. I had to do with the with the bell pepper. I had to do it with a conscious mind. And then to see where it took to find it. What my experience really was with that. Yeah. Because anything before that was just me putting up like all of these walls about what it'll be and what it could be and what it should, you know, what it might mm-hmm. be and all right. that stuff. But if I force myself to experience it, then I know why I don't want it. Right, right. So, tune in next week when we discuss yes. Ed's adventures in... Uh, corduroys. In corduroys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I puked up peaches from overeating them when I was like 10. Went nuts on them. My brother and I just went nuts on these peaches, right? My parents had gotten all of these crates of peaches to make, you know, jams and preserves right, and right, breakfast right. stuff to go over biscuits and stuff like that. And we're helping put them all up and, you know, we're eating them. And mom kept saying, you'll get a stomachache from this. Right. Like, stop. Well, but they were so good. Right. Absolutely. So the next day I had a friend's parent picking me up because we were going to go school clothes shopping. And I woke up not feeling that good. Oh, no. And... So this is back in the day where you get to ride in the back of the truck. (laughs) So we're in the back of the truck and on like an hour drive to go to this mall. Mm -hmm. And I'm not feeling good and I'm not feeling good and I'm not feeling good. We pull into the parking area and I get up. (laughs) I get up on my knees and I lean over that truck and I am vomiting, puking, peaches everywhere (laughs) and there's all these people and they're around and that's a little embarrassing right and then my friend's dad gets out of (laughs) gets out of the truck and he looks at me and he's like oh please don't get that on the truck (laughs) (laughs) not are you okay oh man and nothing take you home (laughs) right (laughs) nothing had digested nothing like i'd eaten those to the point where my stomach really couldn't do anything with them so it looked like peaches not not quite 24 <laughs> hours later, but like oh, 13, 14 hours. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know? About it. Oh. So embarrassed. Just so embarrassed. And there's all these people around. Oh, my gosh. I was so embarrassed. But I wouldn't eat a peach again after that for like 30 years. Right. Because.
because every time I saw a peach, I could taste that. Right, right. So, yeah. you know, it's like licking your, psychologically licking your windowsill, like that thing that we oh, talked about. That, that, yeah. So, yeah, I could taste that. So it was like 30 years, and then I was finally like, geez, I remember I really liked them. They're awfully pretty. <laughs> they smell good when, you know, because Mike, Mike loves them. So right. we'd have peaches in the house all the time. And I decided to try one. But I had to put that, like you said, it had to be conscious that right. I was putting that aside to yeah. experience a what it... experience. Yeah, a new experience. Because that's all I could taste for 30 years. Oh, God. I have, I have foods. I have a couple foods like that. So I yeah. understand. Yeah, from the time I was 10 to 40, I didn't need a peach. Please don't get that on my truck, he says. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> hope you enjoyed the show today remember you can always reach out to us through our facebook page at stumbling through enlightenment follow us on twitter at stumbling t-h-r-o-u-2 go to our website to check out more episodes and information about us personally that is stumbling through enlightenment dot squarespace dot com you can also reach out to us directly at stumblingthroughenlightenment at gmail.com. That's it for today. Have a great week.